Hey there, hope you're having a good Sunday. Welcome to the July 26th edition. This is Coach AA. The three things for today. One, on the magic ingredient. Two, on greasing the groove. And finally, three, on finding your inner wolf. All right, let's get on with it. On the magic ingredient. Over the last nine years, we work with thousands of people like you. I've personally coached and worked closely with a lot of my students and seen them transform their lives. I do feel truly humbled to have played a tiny part in it. All the hard days, the 3.45 a.m. wake up, the move back from the U.S., all of them just magically disappear or any lingering questions about them, if at all, just disappear when I see this transformation, when I see this joy. Pretty much everyone will send us long communications, sharing their emotional journey, sharing their transformation and many times this transformation goes way beyond you know things like just weight loss or aesthetics and whatnot the magic ingredient in all of these stories and i have to say i've had my fair share of failures as well. Students whom I've not been able to help, students who've not seen the same results, who've fallen out of love or never fell in love with fitness in the first place. And analyzing this led me to understand what the true magic ingredient was. Earlier, it would push me to do more technical research, to understand, hey, is there a better solution out there that I am not utilizing? But you know what? In these nine years, what I have learned, sure, while I can be a catalyst, the magic ingredient, is you. Sure, this sounds corny, but just because it sounds corny does not make it untrue. The magic ingredient is you. We blame our environment, our surroundings, our support system, our lack of, our dysfunctional families, work pressure, 
assholes around us, whatever. We blame them and say, this is why I'm not able to do something. Think about it. All of us go through the same thing. In our own way, obviously. The people who grab the bull by its horns, the people who decide to seize control are the ones who see results, who see transformations. And not just transformations over 12 weeks, but long-term, way beyond the aesthetic, like a true, true transformation. So seize control, you have it in you. And seriously, it starts and ends with you. Yes, you can get rid of junk in the house, you can plead with your support system, or well, just have great friends who will support you. But none of it matters if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't take charge. Sleep on this, the magic ingredient is you. I've seen it way too many times to think otherwise. The second topic, greasing the groove. This is a concept I first read in Powell's book called Power to the People. The idea, simplistically, is this. You lift a comfortable weight. That is a submaximal weight with perfect form and technique a few times a day. And that's it. Let's take an example. Let's say I can press 24 kilos for five reps. I don't even worry about the 24. A normal linear progression will say, okay, let's try to get you to pressing the 24 for 10 reps, and then we'll go to 28, and then we'll go to 32. So each training session, or at least the heavy day, is, well, a pretty hard and heavy day. Grease the groove changes things in how you approach it. I don't even try to press the 24. I work with 12, 16s, and 20s, a weight that holds no fears for me. And I'm able to mentally stay calmer, be precise in my form and technique, recruit the muscles the way I want to, and just grease the groove. Now, the idea behind this 
is our brain keeps learning success. Hey, when this guy picks up a weight, the weight is going to go up. That's a huge deal for the brain to learn. Things like myelination occur. If you've read uh, books like The Sports Gene or you know, Why the 10,000 Hours of Purposeful Practice Work or Why Memory Fails or Why Skill Deteriorates, it's because of this uh, myelin thing. Essentially, our nerves become superconductors and the amount of effort I start off with, say to press the 20 kilo, the mental effort and recruitment that is required keeps reducing. So let's say from, I'm making this up, 100 units of effort is required to press the 20 for five reps. It becomes, by us, by greasing the groove, it becomes, say, 70. Oh, the awesome thing is, I am capable of producing 100. So when I do produce 100, I'm probably now going to be able to press the 24 or even the 28. So maybe making things easier and easier and by greasing the groove, we sneak up the weights we can work with. If you think about training at the quad, most of the days we do something like this. We grease the groove. Every six weeks, we lift heavy, but the training plan is almost always with submaximal weights with a few bits of linear progression built in. This becomes extremely pertinent now when most of us don't have access to kettlebells and are working with just body weight, or we don't have bell choices. That is not a limiting factor at all. In fact, that is a boon in disguise. Use it, grease the groove. A fun, phenomenal story to go with this is uh, Coach KK in uh, our GNR location worked with a bunch of his students on push-ups. Two amazing things. One, he breaks the myth around the floor push-up being the only push-up, which is true. It's just we are all familiar with the push-up being done on the floor, that we think that's the only one that matters. It's not true. The push-up you can do is the one that matters. By finding the right variation for his students, by giving them a grease the groove plan as opposed to go close to failure every day plan, he was able to show 20 to 80% improvement and equally significantly, a bunch of people got their first floor push-up as well without even practicing that much, if at all. So, keep greasing the groove. Perfect form and technique above all else.
the last one on finding your inner wolf. This one has a little bit of a backstory. Many years ago, in grad school, I did a course in sustainability in the geography school. Now I had no background in sustainability or geography or anything else, but I loved the concept of learning about sustainability. And my school being a rather progressive school allowed me to well, explore a course that was in no way pertinent at all, except it gave me an amazing lens to think about, well, things. Now, what does anything have to do with sustainability? Well, Yellowstone National Park, home to uh, the Old Faithful, About 1920, around there, drove the wolf to extinction. What happened over the next 70 odd years is the habitat almost collapsed. The elk, lacking a natural predator started growing in number. They started grazing more. They started eating more shrubs. They spent more time in a certain region of the park instead of moving around. They started drinking more water. They started destroying certain parts of the park. All of this meant, well, the rivers and streams changed courses, trees grew lesser, smaller animals, which depended on the shrubs for hiding from their predators, started dying more, and the entire ecosystem was on the verge of collapse. In 1995, a bunch of scientists decided to reintroduce the wolf back to Yellowstone. Their calculations were reasonably simple. They just thought the wolf belongs here. Let's just put them back. And they brought in 41 wolves. That's it, 41. Within the next decade and continuing on, Yellowstone has recovered. Yellowstone has thrived. What the wolf did is it started culling the elk population. Not too much. I mean, think about it. It's just 40, 41 wolves. But it started changing the elk's patterns. The elk did not stay in the same place, did not destroy a habitat. It started moving around more. It moved to the woods, it came to the water less frequently, moved away. So it allowed natural replenishment of the environment. 
It also meant more food for the scavengers. And so smaller animals started to thrive. More foliage, more willow trees all started to grow. More willow meant more beavers. Beaver dams came back and that's an uh, entire subject by itself, how beavers help the ecosystem. But essentially, it started a snowball effect. All species started to come back, reappear, and thrive. The river changed its course again. Fish were more abundant. Even though the amount of animals grew, everything grew, all because of 41 wolves. The wolf is a keystone species. It sets off a cascade of changes in the ecosystem that go far beyond, say, 1 plus 1 is equal to 2. In this wonderful book called The Power of Habits, the author, Charles Duhigg, talks about keystone habits. Like the wolf, just one small habit has the power to cascade and snowball and change so many aspects of your life. I found this to be true for myself. Fitness or activity or exercise, whatever you want to call it, that was my keystone habit. Initially, I tried too hard. I tried too much. And I kept failing. But I started with a month of yoga. I started with running 500 meters, which I failed. But slowly, steadily, I plodded along. Eventually, I ran a 21 Okay, and then I moved to CrossFit. I sucked at CrossFit. But it took me about a year, year and a half to go from a 30-minute yoga routine to loving, enjoying, and thriving at CrossFit. Only after that did I even think about eating better. Now, I'm not saying it needs to take you that long, but as I explore the cascade that happened, my sleep started to get better. I didn't sleep at random times because I had a routine to anchor my day around. I started to crave sugar lesser and crappy food lesser because I loved how I felt after doing any fitness activity. And I did not enjoy how I felt after eating crap. Previously, the norm was to eat crap every day. As my sleep, as my eating patterns, and as my activity improved, my gut health improved, my mood improved, my productivity improved. And things just snowballed and crazy, but here I am today. For most of us, Fitness is a 
keystone habit. Like me, many of us tend to get it wrong in that we jump in and try to do too much high-intensity work. If three days a week of training is great, then seven is so much better. No, it's not. If not eating junk is good, then I'm not going to eat junk for one year. I'm going to go off of alcohol for one year or sugar or whatever. No. Start small. Let it be natural. Let it cascade. Let your body figure itself out. And it all starts with finding a keystone habit. It all starts with you finding your wolf. So take your time, find it, and it will cascade. It will change your life around. Trust me, I've been there. And more importantly, I've seen it happen to hundreds of people. Well, that's it from me. Thanks for listening, and I would love it if you can share a post of mine with a friend. One post, one friend. That's all I ask. Thanks. Until next time, this is Arvind signing off. Bye-bye.